2: You're very welcome to Over the Hump Day on Late Launch. That's what I call Wednesdays, because when you get to Wednesday, you're over the hump of the weekend, you're heading towards the weekend, aren't you? Well, there's one woman in LMFM today, and she is smiling. I'm over the hump. <laughs> ear to ear. Don't be jumping in like that, and me, are frightening <laughs> me. You are smiling. You are really happy today, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, delighted. And I'm going to tell listeners why Louise is really happy. Um you know, I love the old garden and grow my own stuff in my tunnel and greenhouse and that as well. And it's fabulous. And we gardening features with Nikki Kyle on the show and more besides. Anyway, Louise took on a challenge in here for me this year. You put in your salads, your little uh, fast-maturing yes. salads, mm-hmm. and you enjoyed those. She, I brought in two pots, two good-sized pots. She put the salad into them and they flew in in a few weeks. But on the 3rd of March this year, I don't know whether we told you this, listeners, you planted one. Potato. Yes, in one of those pots. Just a single seed mm-hmm. potato in the pot. And it came up very quickly, didn't it? Yes. In the office. We have a very Real. warm office. It came up very quickly. And grew very tall. Oh it was beautiful. It was reaching for the stars mm. actually in the window. It was looking for light when you have it indoors. And we watered it. We we watered it. <clears throat> we watered it. Mm. And you ordered it. We ordered we watered it. In it. Well, I just had to keep a little eye on it. That's I all. I just forget anyway, these things. Anyway, Louise went to it and and spoke to it and, and, and loved <laughs> I it and for it. everything. And when I was away last week, she watered. But that's the 3rd of March. We are now on the 24th of May, which is 11 weeks later. And the foliage started to drop back down. It's reached mm. the end of its I time. Thought I killed it. She didn't thought I? she killed it last week. Yes, she I was thought left
3: she to order it. it. Yes, she did. That was she my only it. job.
2: No, she didn't murder it. It was just the end of its <laughs> life cycle. Anyway, today we decided that we would flip open or turn out the pot and see what had emerged. One potato, tell them how many you got. Twelve,
3: and and baby ones.
2: Twelve substantial new potatoes. They're beautiful, I have to say, mm. folks. And five little fellas as well, from one spud. You were amazed, weren't you?
3: I was totally amazed, yeah. And even when you said, look, that, that's the spud, that's the, the mummy spud that mm. you put in, and it had rotted to nothing. And yes. I was going, wow. Yeah. Twelve potatoes and baby ones out of just that one one, single potato and just what a pot of pot of compost, a pot of compost and some water, like yeah. that's just
2: wow! It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing, and it's a lesson, folks, in what we mm. all can do. And by growing, when you can grow them in pots, you can grow them in containers. If you have a garden, whatever, potatoes are fantastic. And I think the joy of seeing them. I saw your face. Mm-hmm. I just saw your eyes,
3: and you uh, were going, go and shake it. And I was going, no, no. I was just as <laughs> like a little surprise. You know, you keep finding little potatoes, potatoes in, and the, in, in it. Yeah.
2: Anyway, uh, what from, was the
3: variety? Was it a Golden Wonder? Uh,
2: <laughs> that was. I, a I'll tell wonder. you. I'll tell you what it was. Uh, it's my favorite potato it's a Duke of York
3: oh Duke of York
2: yeah it's a Duke of York potato it's a lovely potato it really is one of my favorites of all anyway you are now officially a potato grower Yay. and a salad grower uh, and I congratulate you on both my CV now all you have to do is taste them this is the mm. thing you're gonna taste them you're gonna mm-hmm. now how are you going to cook them because you know Arloise, without taking that away from her <laughs> in the kitchen she's a great gardener but in the kitchen well you
3: know yeah I I I'm very good at distraction cooking. You are yeah,
2: You are. Let's that's, call it that. I think that's very good. But we have somebody patiently waiting on the line. Oh my word does this man know how to cook everything under the sun. He is one of the most talented young chefs in the country and he's head chef at Square in Dundalk and I remember meeting him a few years ago when he won a major award. Yes, he won the Talks Young Chef of the Year back in 2017. Uh, he's now wooing the customers in Square where I, I said he is head chef. I'm delighted to Welcome to the show again, Connor me Hello, hello, Derek. How are you? Very much for me. Not at all. You're very welcome to the show. Well, Connor, you heard about Louise and her first uh, venture into gardening and her potatoes. She has twelve new potatoes, Duke of Yorks, just harvested today. Connor, you've been top man. What would you do with them?
4: Yeah, look, new potatoes are um, sometimes very hard to cook. So what what, what we do is sort of a um, pot of part of Boiling salted water it has to be salted. That's the most important thing. Um, it's a taste or you, know, you like to see so there's, there's never too much salt in this water. And then when it comes to the boil just turn it down and let them simmer. You don't want to over boil them because that's when the skin's burst and that's when you get big balls of uh, potatoes that not everybody likes. So um, nice and slow and just simmer them away until they're cooked let them drain off and you should have a beautiful pot of potatoes
2: Now um, Louise is looking at me and asking the question how much water Connor? do you just cover them Just,
4: co- just cover them yep yeah. just cover them and then um, now a good lot of salt um, and then you can add lo- loads of things to the water you can add some garlic you can add some thyme um, it, it's basically as much flavour as you want to get into the potatoes and then um, yeah just cover them with water and a lot of salt that, that, that's my biggest um biggest thing when you're cooking potatoes it needs salt
2: and Connor, do you boil the water and put them into the boiling water or bring the water from cold to the I boil the,
4: yeah yeah I bring the water from co- cold up to the boil and then turn it down to a simmer and then you're sort of poaching them It's not, you don't want to boil them you don't want them all banging off each other in the pot you just want a nice simmer um, low and slow and sort of cook them nice and gently
2: and Connor, I take it you've got to keep an eye on them because I know what you're talking about if you miss them for a minute or two and they start to split they can become mush How, what, can you give a rough time or, or do you just have to judge that yourself by prodding something into them to, to yeah, check
4: them? yeah literally ju- judge away a little tip of a knife um, it depends on obviously the variety and the size everything comes into um, you have to take everything um, for that so a little, a little part of a tip of a knife, and you, you you'll be able to feel when they're ready. Um, it's twenty minutes after twenty minutes, and that's when you need to sort of watch. Definitely, you, I need to check them every couple of minutes because okay. as you said, they can just they can go so quickly.
2: Mm. Now, Connor, when you take them out, then you drain them. Do you leave them for a few moments, or do you serve them straight away?
4: I leave them for a few moments. Um, I put them back into the pot, and then you can season them up if you want a bit of butter or um, a bit of extra salt if you need it. Um, but uh, just simply just leave them. I, I love my new potatoes with just butter, nothing else um and Irish of Irish butter um but I, I leave them in the pot for about two or three minutes and then serve them um but yeah that's I think that's the best way to eat new potatoes.
2: Well, that is just so simple. now Louise is listening carefully. Have you any other questions for the man that knows?
3: I love white um white pepper on my potatoes, but you know is there a difference between seasoning new potatoes and like old old potatoes?
4: Not really. No, no, no. Not, not really. Everything um, goes. Yeah, yeah, everything's sort of the same. Um, but if you get, like, season the pepper afterwards, don't put it into the pot. It will turn it into a little bit of a... A murky color, but um, yeah, white pepper. When you break them open, um class or crack mm. black pepper. That's what, that's why those are well
2: Oh, Connor, is there any greater joy? And I know, like we love our pastas and rices and everything, but for as Irish people, and uh, I have to say, a new potato with butter is and and to do it as you just said there, this it's it's wonderful, isn't it? Wonderful food.
4: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we love our spuds in this country, and, and um, especially up up and up and lads, uh, we do love our potatoes and. As you said, it comes, when it comes into the season of new potatoes, it's just uh, it's just an amazing time for for chefs as well. Um, it's just uh, to use local potatoes on your plate. Is just, um, mm-hmm. It's just it's a wonderful thing that we can do, you know. So. Um, I I do love this time of year for them
2: yeah I do as I said I mentioned Duke of York there are gardeners really than a commercial one but the Duke of York is the most fantastic potato and I'm actually growing a red version of them this year that I'm told is is even nicer but the British Queen is a big one isn't it Connor up this neck of the woods new potato
4: absolutely absolutely Um, it's it's one of the big ones up here Um, and I suppose like we're very lucky that we have some amazing potato growers and especially then we have the heritage side with Maria and Bally McKenney that are some amazing potatoes so we're very lucky up here that we have some amazing potato growers and um, it's the queens are amazing but then there's so many other varieties that people can try you
2: know. Yeah, Maria Flynn just to mention Ballymackenny Farm and the Spud Shack there she's fantastic and she does as you say the range of heritage varieties you're working with a little birdie tells me on on, on on a is it a potato salad project?
4: Uh, well look Maria asked me, me for a little bit of help um, I, I have a great relationship with Maria so we're very lucky in that sense um, just just to help her along she's looking at uh, maybe doing a little bit of potato salad for yes um, for herself, but yeah, no, just helping her, um, just seeing what what, right. what we can do together, and sort of, um, it's amazing. It's a, the potatoes don't eat much when they're when they're going with as much mm. love as she goes and with, so um yes. they're amazing. So. Uh, just trying to enhance the flavor a little bit into a potato salad. It's, it's been a, it's been a real joy, you know.
2: Can I tell you something? I do if I have some over, yes. And I'll, I'll cut them up and I'll add a bit of mayo and that with them as well. Some uh, spring onions, things like that. A little bit of, uh, you know, seasoning as well. And they're lovely and my own little tiny homemade salad. But do you know what I often do with them, Connor? Uh slice them and just fry them on the pan.
4: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like we, we, we saute potatoes the whole time with a bit of duck fat. And- a bit of butter and some herbs, and they're just delicious. It's, a, I think it's, it's a way to use over leftover potatoes that um I, I know most people would do it maybe with a fry in the morning, but even for dinner, um, we sauteed potato was lovely, and um, mm. we'd also awesome serve them in the restaurant. Um, and it's, it's a great way to, uh, as you said. Um, use up some potatoes maybe yes. have them boiled and then sitting there so I think mm. it's a great way to use them
2: yeah. oh it's fantastic where do you stand because this used to be a great row you know in our house and even my wife still says oh you're destroying them because I like to throw a few in if I'm having a roast chicken I throw them in round a roast chicken you know not boiled or if I had some left over I'd do that as well is it, de- is it desecration to roast new potatoes?
4: Um, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Um, I love a roast potato. Um, I, I I would nearly sometimes take roast over mashed potato. I just love I love a roast a roast potato. So I would to, I would agree with you. Throw them in around the chicken, or as you said, boil them up and uh, roast them up. But um, no, I, th- I think I think you're dead right. Um, a, roast, a roasted new potato can be is delicious as well. You know?
2: Connor, I'm taking this excerpt from the show and I'm going to replay it at home. So as I I tell them, I've got the imprimatur from Connor Heapney and I am just doing the right thing, and that you've endorsed that for me. Thank you so much today. In general terms, though, they're so versatile, Spuds, aren't they?
4: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like we we, we do so many things with them, even um, even towards a knocky for 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 pasta stuff and. Um, you can make bread with them and everything. So potatoes, like for us, are um, it's a great way to use. Like we we love using them because there's, as you said, like you can do so many things with them. And um, whether it's a starter or a main, and sometimes people have used it for dessert. So um, it's you can do any course with them. So it, it's definitely. Um, a commodity that we love in the
2: restaurant you know yeah and you know as the year goes on you, the, the skins get thicker on the new potatoes are so fine and that you just eat skin and all some people still take the wee skin off the new potato i like to eat it with the butter the whole lot it's no problem and, and you talk about potato skins the nutrition that's in the skin and she can take the skins and uh hollow out the uh the flesh and you can make many dishes with that as well where do you stand on skins and the eating of skins and the cooking of them
4: Especially new potatoes, I love them. Like yeah. I, I'd be the same as you, leave them on butter and salt and pepper, and um, that's that's the way I eat them. Um, and yeah, look, we, we 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 can you can do so many things with them. As, as you said, um, I've I've seen people make consommés and stuff like that with potato skins, and it's like a potato soup basically, but really clear and really delicious. Um, I love using them. We don't waste them at all. So if we were making mash, we 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 roast the potatoes in the oven with the skins on, and then peel out the middle and then we use the potato skins maybe deep fried as a snack or something like that so
2: wow it's,
4: yeah no it's it's uh, trying try to no waste in the place and um, try and use as much as possible you know so and potato skins are delicious as you said they're nutritionally excellent as well so um, it's definitely it's definitely another way that people like you don't need to throw them out you can use them for something else you know
2: yeah the 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 restaurant i have to talk to you about it about square my word you all must be thrilled with the accolade it's getting and its popularity
4: yeah absolutely we're actually we're four years old there on monday so it's, it's been um a good four years um obviously we had a couple of years with covid but since that coming back we've been it's been um growing from strength to strength so we're, we're all delighted um it's 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 a it's a beautiful little restaurant i love i love working there and it's um we're doing food that we all enjoy eating, and um, I think that's that's the key to it. Um, we all, we're all I'm very lucky. We have a great team behind behind me, so um, I couldn't do it without any of them. You know, so um, the restaurant is yeah, it's flying, and we're very lucky. So um, yeah, I'm, uh, it's it's great. It's a great position to be in. You
2: know, mm, yeah, it really is. Uh, everybody I talk to just say. Uh, glows about the place and look at the accolades the mckenna's guide you were included in best chef in leinster you name it the restaurant itself it's been uh, you know highlighted all over the place the other thing i wanted to say about just before we finish on the spud thing uh, you did a lovely little interview there a while back and i i do keep an eye on you i, I can tell you that um you you, you mentioned that your your the ingredients you couldn't be without salt butter cream connor yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: If the chef, if any chef needs them things. Um, I, uh, it's, it's, they're all very bad for you, but in the right in the right uh, quantities, they're not that bad. Um, I, I couldn't do my job without them. Um, I'm just I'm a traditional style of chef. I'm not one of these Nordic ones that don't use any of these things. Yes. Um, I, I like I like fat and uh, fat is flavor as I as I do say. Um, but yeah, no, I use we use quite a lot of butter and cream. But it's a, it's coming out for dinner. I suppose it's a luxury for people. So. It's not like they're eating this this, this style of food every night yes. of the week. So yes. um, I suppose one, once a week or once every fortnight isn't isn't too bad.
2: Absolutely, continued success to you, and thank you so much for guiding our Louise on the Spud front this afternoon, Connor. No problem at all, thanks. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Connor Hapney there from Square in Dundalk. Well, how do you like your spuds? We were talking potatoes at the top of the show. Louise has produced 12 lovely new potatoes, big ones and five littlies from our one potato she planted on the 3rd of March. Remind me again, how do you like yours?
3: Me? Oh, butter and... um Pepper. White,
2: White pepper. White pepper. Yeah, I Excellent. love it. it. has to be butter. It has to be butter for me and the new potatoes. No derivatives of butter. The real McCoy butter. Folks, how do you like your spuds? How do you like to eat your new spuds? What do you like to put in them? I'd love to hear from you or this afternoon. Or eat them with. is right. Yeah, do is right. what would you like them with? Whatever you want to say about new potatoes, we want to hear it today. But how do you like them? What do you like to put on them? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Let me know now. I'd be interested to see what your thinking is on the potato front potatoes are still big in Ireland Louise don't ever huge. dismiss that they are still huge in this country and they're a wonderful crop and you are going to is it tomorrow you're going to taste them not this evening tomorrow will you let tomorrow. us know okay yeah. you let us know please we'll what we'll they're do. like won't you Absolutely. and with this in mind and in tribute to Louise's brilliant feat of growing 12 <laughs> plus 5 <laughs> littlies from one You've picked this one, have you? Yes. Yes,
3: I couldn't find a Duke of York song. Oh, so what I a found potato.
2: Sir Duke. Sir Duke for Louise, our Louise today and our lovely new sports. Music is a world within itself. Our Louise, Louise Walsh, is officially today a potato grower. Yes, her single spud has produced 12 adults and five little children as well. And she's thrilled, and we were talking about it top of the show with Connor Hapney from the fabulous Square restaurant in Dundalk. And we asked you, how do you like your new potatoes or oh, potatoes? What do you like? What do you do with them? And you've been res- responding as usual. Thank you so much. If you haven't still, how do you like your spuds? Let me know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Here's a selection of what you're saying. Hi, Jerry, You should try potatoes this way. Mash your potatoes. These are now older potatoes at this stage. Add a tub of cream cheese add cooked smoked pancetta or smoky streaky rashers mix well together add a bit of salt and pepper absolutely delicious it's a must to try says babs and rd today thank you indeed for that i will mash your potato says another listener mash it with milk butter pepper salt and chopped onion as well also i like fried potato sandwiches Boiled potatoes sliced and fried and put in white-sliced bread with butter. A bit like a chip buddy in England, Jerry, Love the show. Keep up the great work from a regular listener. Thank you indeed for getting in touch with us. Helen, has the Gold ready? Helen Colgan? Spuds are on the boil, oh, you lucky duck. And Brenda in and Anagassin. Hello to Brenda and everybody in Anagassin this afternoon. New spuds, Jerry. Real butter with new season turnips and streaky rashers. Top with white pepper. Yummy, yummy. Oh, I can taste that even from all this distance. Enjoy. Keep them coming to me. How do you like your spuds? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Now we move on on the show this afternoon. And I'm delighted to invite my next guest back to the show. He is a success coach, personal trainer, nutritionist. He has a diploma in psychology. He's a breathwork coach and meditation instructor as well. And he's co-founder of the Wolf Academy with his brother, Corrick. Daryl Noonan, hello again. Gary, how are you doing? How's things? Very good. Great to catch up with you this afternoon. Before we get to the meat of the matter, tell us about this mountain climbing you've been at.
0: Yeah, so... Thanks for having me on again. That's well. all. Um, yeah, so myself and my brother Carmack, who I set Wolf Academy me up with, our younger brother, Sean, and a mate of ours, Wayne McGrath, we decided to climb Carinthul eight times. Well, the challenge, first of all, we wanted to raise money for the Gaelic Woodland Project, who we have... Um, we've done this before for the for the Gaelic Woodland Project. They're a charity organisation set up by Owen Connaughton, and their aim is to buy land somewhere in Ireland, preferably around the Mead area, to um, create a, a native Irish woodland because mm. we only have less than 2% native yes. woodland left in, in Ireland. So that was the, the drive behind the challenge and the challenge then we decided to do was to climb Carrauntoohil, Ireland's highest mountain down in Kerry, and to climb that eight times consecutively up and back down to the car park in, in Cronin's Yard because, well, the reason for the eight times was it's one eighth the height of Everest. So it was the same as going up and down uh, the height of Everest. Great thinking. And yeah, and the reason like I suppose the when you put that kind of um shape on it, like with with so it's something people can relate to and and like we're at a stage in our lives where we can push ourselves physically. So we decide to use that energy that we have to, to put it into something that will be here for Forever, if if, if yeah. possibly, if this if this woodland is is created, when, with which it will be, and um, the challenge itself, it was um, it was very tough. Mm. It, it was more mental than it was physical, um, and we have we have experience with these type of challenges. We've done numerous ones over the last few years, and and we enjoy pushing ourselves to these kind of limits because you do learn a lot about yourself when. Um, when you put yourself in very uncomfortable situations. And it doesn't obviously need to be something that extreme. But I think when people see other people doing these kind of things, it it can spark something inside people. It can ignite maybe a little flame or an ember of and maybe they'll end up pushing themselves into into maybe an uncomfortable zone, which mm. is where there is a lot of growth and I suppose all the different people that came down and and joined in for a couple of mountains it was it was absolutely amazing to see the support that we had and and how we probably would have severely struggled if we didn't have those people and again that's another great life lesson I think is is
2: yes and, and you know
0: that support from people that are around
2: you yeah and you know something you say there the days we sailed through you know you don't really remember them and when you're challenged, my God almighty, and I've only realised this myself after years, those are the times that you see who you are and understand who you are and how you can cope with things as well. That's a very important aspect of life, even though we don't want them, you know what I mean? We don't want those days too often, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, well, that's exactly why we set up Wolf Academy, was yeah. to, to help students realise and learn that the challenges and struggles that we face in life, they are our greatest teachers. Mm. So not just trying to push them away or running away from them. It's, it's about embracing. And, and then we provide the tools and techniques that will help learn from those. Because for me personally, obviously, for a long time, it dragged me down and sent me down some very negative routes. And um, with some of the things that we, we bring into the schools, it's about learning from these challenges and struggles because that's what builds character. And, mm. and when you're faced with another challenge, you would be able to maybe handle it that bit better. Yes. And, and, and that will filter down into the little challenges that we face every day. The little, um, not so, maybe not so big, but the, one, the little things that annoy us during the day, We we can handle them better when we, build up this resilience.
2: Yes. To, um, you know, so... Yeah, and, and one of your lines that I love, we want to prepare young people for life, not just exams. And, of course, the exams are starting very soon, indeed, and there's a lot of pressure around them. But talk to me about this uh, move, this uh, move outdoors you're making, which is why you're with me, really, today. What's mm. this about? So,
0: what we have realised, myself and Cormac spend an awful lot of time in the forest or the woods, um, going there lighting a fire maybe, sitting around, having a chat. It's, and we just realised how easier it is to be more open um, when you're in these more natural environments, when you're surrounded by trees uh, rather than concrete walls. Mm. Um, because we, we believe we are extremely connected, well, completely connected to, to the land. Um, and obviously our society and the way we live now has, has massively brought us away from that. And, um we just realized that or we began to bring students uh we it was you eachjahda we first of all, which is actually a user base um yeah you eachrajaadada we we did a workshop in the woods, and we could see straight away because when you're surrounded by trees within half an hour, there's something that comes off the trees that actually completely calms your nervous system within thirty minutes of just being in there, so with the things that we are um, guiding the students through the different practices, whether it's breathing, movement, and um, more mind exercises, we've realised how much more that sinks in and how much easier it is to for the students to um, to drop into what we're doing when we're in these more natural environments. So we decided that we would begin to do this more often, and we're uh, we're doing it all over the country actually, all, um, through the summer with the summer programs for the youth i and bringing the students to a woodland that is close to where it is they're from so that if hopefully if they build some sort of connection with the place when we're in there doing these workshops that that's a place for them to go back then because they will realise I suppose this is the aim that they'll realise how beneficial it is to spend a little bit of time outdoors in these more natural environments because it's getting very like even when I was a kid we spent a lot of time outdoors and We can see from different surveys we do, from chatting with the students, that is massively being lost. And it's not about spending your entire life or going back to the way people lived hundreds of years ago. Because obviously that's massively unrealistic. But even carving out a little bit of time each week, possibly, spend even an hour in one of these places. Mm. And it gives everybody, this is not just for students, this is for everybody. It gives a bit of that time, and not to bring the phone. Yeah, um, and it's and it's funny because when when you go into a place like this and maybe leave the phone away and it's off, it will bring up more than likely bring up a lot of anxiety and discomfort within that first fifteen twenty minutes. And um, I feel it's like it's nearly like a detox from society when I go into these places, and that can be uncomfortable for twenty minutes to to half an hour until the body relaxes relaxes into the place, and and that just goes to show how how switched on we are all the time. with mm. And like you said, with exams, like this massive push to every second of the day to be thinking of it and, and studying, and and it's more I find more detrimental than it is beneficial. Um, I think people would do a lot better if they were to, to carve out this bit of time to go outside, switch off from everything, and then come back when they're recharged. I need to learn this lesson myself a lot of times because I forget, and come back recharged, and they were much more productive. They'll hold information a lot better. Um, the whole mindset of society these days where it's go, 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 go and a thing that I really dislike to hear these days is when I say to somebody oh I'm sorry I was too busy to, to do this or that and I ah, that's great like you're busy you know, that must mean you're doing well and I actually believe now that that's the opposite if you don't have time to spend with people to connect with other humans because you're so busy working or studying or are doing these other things. I, I just don't think that that's very successful whatsoever.
2: I'm so pleased you're saying those words because it is a huge, huge problem for society in general today. And I, mm. I even feel it myself. You know, when you don't have the phone for even a short period of time, you you, you get anxious, and it just yeah. shows you where. It, it 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 has us. Do you know what I'm saying? It has us, Darren. Yeah,
0: I I did a thing there about eighteen months ago where I went into the. I decided I was going to go into a forest for three days and three nights and and bring no phone, no books, no food. I brought water um, and see what it was like. And I couldn't believe the anxiety that came with not being able to contact anybody for three days. It was scary. Um, it was an incredible experience and I wanted to really see what it was like and and I came through the other side of it and it was beautiful. But the realisation of um, what being so connected through phones and stuff has has done to us, I think it's, you know, people are meeting up in person so much less Um, and, yeah, I think it's why I've seen something written somewhere how through these phones and social medias and different things it was too um connect people and for people to be able to connect them and, and it has done that on many, many beneficial levels. But there's also such a, a darker side to it too. Mm. And and again we're not gonna and we don't want to pull away from this fully, but mm. it's just about carving out that little bit of time for yourself um to spend in these more natural environments. And that's our aim with these Woods workshops is to give students an experience of what it's like in these places when you can switch off for a little bit of time. And I've spoken to some of
1: the... Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com.
3: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey.
0: especially these Ukrainian students, um, and I brought them to the, to the forest and made a fire. And I couldn't believe the smiles on their faces when I went through a little breathwork routine with them to calm the nervous system down. It was, it was a pure shock and awe, and they just couldn't believe how relaxed they were. Um, and I even gave them a little bit of hot tea, which is um, a beautiful medicine that grows all over Ireland here. Um, and just, you know, introducing people to these sort of things... Mm. And you can see the look on on their faces because they probably have never done something like that before. Um, and one one student said that they'd never been that relaxed in their life, you know. And and it's um and it's not a, it's not all the all we're doing is going into a forest mm. and sitting by a fire and and taking a few breaths, you know. And it's um the more people we can get through to or not get through to, but give these experiences to, and then what's so powerful is. They might bring their friends, they might bring their parents, they might bring their little brothers or sisters and, sh- and and pass this kind of thing on and it's so simple, but that's how this can kind of spread and that's the way we see this happening and I think doing this work with teenagers and and students um at at that age, um yeah, I think it can only help
2: Oh, it, help enormously. Look, um How do people find out more about Wolf Academy and uh, what you're talking about there to uh, go with you and experience this?
0: Well, I suppose if the website there, wolfacademy.ie, or they can email me at daryl at ie. that's D-A-R-Y-L at wolfacademy.ie, and and I can give the information, because what we're also um, planning to do is to do these workshops with parents and kids, Mm. So maybe a mother and daughter, a mother and son, a father and daughter, a father and son. Mm. Do the workshops like this with different bonding exercises where they're going into the woods to maybe search for something that we've given them a list of things to find and and they'll like work together to do that because, again, um, the connection that that can um, bring is absolutely incredible and it's something that I'm wanting to do with my parents at this age in my life, you know, to try and I haven't said it to them yet, but maybe one of them's listening to this now. <laughs> <But> <laughs> this is an easier way to ask. <laughs> it's all right, but Aaron. Yes. And that's something I want to do is, is because, again, it's away from the natural environment, or not the natural, the normal environment, yeah. maybe the house. And again, we know this, myself and Cormac, from different retreats we've been on and stuff, when you are out of your normal environment, you're so much more receptive to what's happening, to what's going on, because you're less distracted by things you know. You know, you're, and and that's again what I feel can help bring people closer together because they're yeah not as distracted yes. by the normal environment.
2: We hear what you're saying. I've so enjoyed our chat. I could go on and go on. I promise you that, but I have to leave it there today. You are yeah, fantastic, so, fellas. You really are, uh, Carmack, your brother. Say hello to him uh, and yourself, Darrell. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> It's a mountain in Mexico. Oh, God Almighty. Some people have all the luck. Anyway, Wolf Academy, wolfacademy.ie. If it rings a bell with you today, if you're a young person, if you're the guardian or parent of a young person as well, this is truly wonderful and will make a huge difference in so many lives. You're fantastic. Keep up the great work. Can't wait to chat to you again soon. Thanks, Jerry. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. You bye. Isn't he wonderful? Daryl Noonan, wolfacademy.ie. You know the way I'd be saying to you, Louise, at times, The people ring me between half one and half three. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know the way I'd be saying it? You know it yourself. Yeah. You know, I'm on air every day, yeah. half one to half three, for many, 15 years or more. Anyway, my wife's ringing me there. Who is? Yes? <laughs> Miriam. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's not an emergency. <laughs> Imagine, imagine, imagine. Holy jeepers, what's going on in the world? Talk? She's
3: obviously working just too hard. <laughs> she doesn't
2: realise the time. Correct. She needs yep. to go to the Wolf Academy. I'm going to book her in. So <laughs> I am with Daryl Noonan. She needs to for sure. Uh, anyway, tell our listeners, we, we, we tell our listeners or ask our listeners, should I say, we, we'll ask our listeners, which we always do. We appreciate their help. We've had an appeal, a cry for help from a listener, another listener. Tell them what's up.
3: Oh yes, this listener has um, bought a very expensive white top and she washed it yesterday and hung it on the line and a bird pooped on it and the bird poop is kind of a blackcurrant colour. Yeah. And she can't get it out. She has tried um, lemon juice. She has tried, you know, the Vanish cream. She's tried bicarbonate of soda. Everything. And she's just looking to see if anybody's any tips. She wouldn't mind, but it's You know, it wasn't a cheap thing. It's expensive. Yeah,
2: it cost a lot. First wash, new garment, bird arrives, bang, bang, bang. Mm. And there's a (laughs) blackcurrant colour. I've seen this. I've seen this. And I don't want to dash your hopes. It's near impossible to get that stain out. Really? Yeah, it is. Because the bird has been feeding on berries of a blackcurrant hue. And uh, unfortunately, it's very difficult. It really is. But maybe somebody listening today... Bird poo, white top, very expensive, black color. Anyone ever managed to shift it? Do you have something that will get rid of that stain for our listener? 086 1800 658. That's 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text. If you can help, I really would appreciate it. Over. <laughs> <laughs> Them bucking birds, they're <laughs> devils. <laughs> On your line. Honestly, i seen yeah. the starlings in our back garden as well that are nesting in the fascia. They're out on the line, and honestly, they have everything at the minute because they have young ones in the nest, but it's only for a short space of time, but they will do your good garments, that's for sure. So don't
3: put out any whites no, on the line in this no, weather.
2: No, no, those just they're just at this point in time with nesting and feeding young and everything. Jerry, new spuds, beans, a lovely soft fried egg, mm. salt, and half a pound of good old butter. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I'd be taking two statins a night with that, Mary. Thanks indeed for letting <laughs> us know that. But the health people won't like that. <laughs> Not at all. But you know something. I always do say it. Well, Adoration. It's so good for you. <laughs> it's not I know they say it's not good for you but it's so tasty you know what I mean mm. the taste of that you can just feel it there yeah we're talking about Louise she's still wallowing in her glory of mm. growing 12 brand new potatoes from one spud planted on the 3rd of March and you're telling us how you like your spuds and at late lunch this afternoon
3: pick wire, so- wire sauce on a potato as well with the butter and the salt and pepper is gorgeous
2: Always. Oh, mm. there's another tip for you yeah. on the potato front Albert's been on to say he loves the skin of potato with butter and black pepper and when they're left over throw them in the microwave and douse them with the butter and pepper and put them between two slices of batch loaf toasted You're the man Albert for sure The lady with the white top and the bird poo stain Bleach is coming up a lot To Soak it in bleach for a time Uh, Washing up liquid might be a little too mild But you never know Hairspray says somebody else There's some suggestions for you anyway In trouble with the stain in the white garment Now moving on on late lunch this afternoon I'm joined now by Ireland's most followed Makeup artist and beauty content creator She's amassed over 4 million followers Across social media media and she's the founder of cash beauty i'm delighted to say hello to kaylee cashel hello hello how are
5: you thanks for having me not
2: at all i'm delighted that you're joining me on the show this afternoon four million followers go on out of that yeah
5: it's uh, an awful lot of eyeballs that is (laughs)
2: It certainly is very well put, and that coming from a girl who, in her own words, said she grew up in the back ass of nowhere. Where, where where were you referring to? So,
5: I'm actually from Monaghan, so not too far from you guys. But uh, Monaghan, uh so yeah, very, very small town. Like I said, the back ass of nowhere. Where not a lot of people are doing what I'm doing, I suppose.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you know, you've made the break and look where you are today. You say you were a tomboy growing up. What do you mean by that?
5: Ah, uh, well, like what you says, I'm from the middle of nowhere. So there's obviously a lot of fields and whatnot around the place. So I was always outside playing or, you know, covering myself in mud uh, for a very long time. And then I suppose once I got to teenage years, that's when I decided or I discovered makeup and really started to put all my focus into that.
2: And how did it begin for you? Where did you go working? How did you dip your toes in this business first?
5: So I've always been really interested in art. So I think, And it's interesting when I look back because I always actually used to draw faces. My mum would be telling me drawing faces all over the walls and whatnot. Um, But I always had an interest in it. And then, like I said, as I got a little bit older and started going out, makeup kind of came up then. Um, I'd done a one year's course in college, started working on a makeup counter. And I suppose all along this time, right, the internet has only really kind of, you know, been brought into light. Instagram wasn't a thing. It was kind of only starting once I finished college. And influencing or content creating was not a job. Um, And so I kind of just fell into it. The more I was kind of posting my crazy, creative makeup looks, the more people wanted to see it, I suppose.
2: Mm. You worked for Inglot as well, did you?
5: Yeah, for Inglot. Yeah, that's where I worked there for two years. And like I said, I was getting up early to put on my face and to record myself and then going in, doing a full day's work, you know, uh, working on different people, getting them all glammed up for their nights out and then posting my content online as well. And from doing that, that's when I started gaining the following.
2: And did you feel then, you know, that you'd uh, done your time at Inglot and then the, the door opened for you to move on by yourself?
5: Oh absolutely so it's this whole kind of like influencing world as I said it kind of opened up around then like I, I was just posting my content because I love posting it and I love like sharing my work or you know posting tutorials to help people with their makeup but the more following I got the more I realized I can make a full-time career out of this you know I can mm. make this job I can be posting tutorials online full-time and getting paid by companies in that way to you like advertisements if there's products that I love and that align with me that I can share and um, so that's Yeah, once I realised I could make more money and I really enjoyed obviously doing it by myself, then that was when I made the decision to go off and do it by myself, which was very scary at the time, but obviously it paid off.
2: It certainly has uh, by the spade load. And Cash Beauty now, obviously you worked with other companies, as you said, used a lot of other products and that, but you obviously felt yourself that you wanted to put your own stamp on things.
5: Yeah, that was it. I think... Any makeup artist, first of all, I think would always say that they love to have their own brand or love to have their own products. And I guess I'm just very lucky that I've been able to do this kind of early on in my career. Um, But yeah, it was always my goal. I was always dreaming about having my own brand. And yeah, I suppose I've kind of got a unique perspective because I'm a makeup artist, so I know what makeup artists want. Um, I obviously try new products from other brands all the time. And then I also have a following. So I have direct access to like the everyday person or like customers so I can find out what it is that people actually want. So that all combined together, it kind of just made sense for me for my, my own brand, especially since it's something that I always wanted to do.
2: You know, people, you know, look at, at you and think, "My God!" Look, and I've been looking at you today. Wow, is all I can say. You're sensational. May I add to the wow. throws who've said that to you as well? But I'm, I'm, I'm sure people say, "Does Kaylee ever, you know, get up in the morning? and There's not spot of makeup, and she's just as she is."
5: Oh yeah, that's me every day. That's is it me, like ninety percent of the time? Yeah, the guys in the office will be laughing now. <laughs> But they know I come in with no makeup on because I have to come in and try out the products. You see, yeah, yeah. I enjoy w- rocking around with no makeup on just as much as I do.
2: <laughs> yeah, and 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 with makeup, you know, people will say, "Oh, look, it's a sort of a, a visage." You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's only uh, it's only on the surface. It doesn't, you know, really reflect the person of that. You you wouldn't agree with that?
5: No, definitely not. I think it's an expression of yourself. You know, it's the same way that. You know, we dye our hair or we cut our hair, uh, whatever way you want, or the clothes that you wear. It's like a re- representation of you. So I think, yeah, I know, of course, it can be seen as a thing that gives confidence or it might help you in that kind of sense. But for me, anyways, it's definitely like a form of self-expression. It's how I'm, you know, creative. You know, if I need to switch off, I'll sit down and do my makeup. Like it's an art form for me. Um, but yeah, it, it's an incredible thing. It can give people confidence. Um, so I don't see any negatives with it, to be honest. Mm.
2: Ah, no, you are so right. It is. It goes so much deeper. I know that myself, mm-hmm. and it means so much to people. Being yeah. an influencer and having all these millions of followers, of course, th- there's a side to that as well that can be nasty and negative. <laughs> have you experienced that, or, or do you ever, you know, pay any attention to that? Or how do you deal with it, Kaylee? To
5: be honest, in this kind of industry, you have to kind of just have a thick skin and let it brush up. I've been very, very lucky. I always say this. I've got amazing people and um, following me and supporting me. But of course, you're always going to get somebody. Do you know that kind of way? But my kind of thing is, if it's not something that my friends or family has ever said to me or that no one's actually had the courage to say to my face, then I'm not going to pass any remarks at someone hiding behind a computer or their phone. Um, right listen to me that's that's how i tend to take it anyways if i get any negative messages i would just delete it straight away and just move on with my life that's what we've got to do
2: good on your woman that's the style and if we could get that into the heads of everybody wouldn't it be much better for us all around that we d- d- dealt with it as you've just mentioned there
5: yeah well i think it's even as humans though right we always tend to focus on like the negative things so i just think you know if i'm spending all my time focusing on like one negative comment when there's like so many positive ones i'm almost doing a disservice to the people who are being positive towards me do you know that kind of way
1: mm.
5: that's what i feel. but yeah definitely focus on the positive i'm a big believer in that
2: you always see both sides of the story i was reading it's a great trait in you and people noted with you that you give everybody an airing you know you might have an opinion but you're very open to the alternative has that served you well
5: I I think so. And like I said, especially being in this industry, if you have opinions and stuff like that, I think, you know, a lot, there's a big weight comes with having a platform like this. And, you know, if there's things that you really believe in or having to, like, give your opinion on that, you still obviously have to be careful because you could be influencing people in a certain way, too. So, um, yeah, it's a very weighty job, I suppose, in uh, that sense. But, yeah, you have to be as open minded as possible, 100%.
2: And when you were starting out, you know, funny, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you today and yesterday we were talking about hairdressing on the show. Mm-hmm. And we had a lovely lady with us who's now uh, teaching it as a formal qualification through the uh, training boards here. And she said to me when she started out, she said she was told that hairdressing was for dummies, you know. I couldn't believe that she said it to me. And you know, you in your field, makeup, what wasn't regarded as a, as a real job at one stage. That's fair, isn't it? Fair comment. Oh, a
5: hundred percent. Sure. I even know whenever I, you know, first started and said that you know I wanted to do makeup. I remember my parents, you know, being worried. Of course, they're coming from a place of concern. Where they're like, "Are you sure? Like, how are you going to be able to make money off this? How can you do that?" Of course, that just spurred me on more. You tell me, no, I'll do it 10 times over And then. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I, that's definitely a big misconception, uh, which I think is, you know, obviously mm. completely wrong. Um, and the thing is, as well, you know, people are always going to want to feel beautiful. People are always going to want to feel confident. And it, the things that make them feel beautiful and make them feel confident, they're always going to want to indulge in that. That's never going to go away. Um, and also, if it was easy, then everyone would be able to do their makeup or they'd be able to do their hair, so there wouldn't be a need for hairdressers or makeup yes, artists.
2: Yes, exactly. Thank God it's, uh, that has gone and been consigned to the past long, mm-hmm. long ago. Talk mm-hmm. to me about you and manifestation. I'm curious about this.
5: Uh, I'm just a big believer. I think, like what I said earlier, if you put out positive thoughts, like, you'll get it back. So there's been a few times there were just weird things have happened to me. I remember sitting down and being like, or someone asked me, oh, what brand would you love to work with? And I said Morphe, like honestly just passing it off, being like, oh yeah, they're one of my favorite brands at the moment, so Morphe. Um, but they ended up reaching out to me then. the One of the biggest makeup brands in the world reached out to me, this little girl from Monaghan, to work on a palette with them, which was just absolutely then, but I'm a really big believer that if you put out there what you want, you work hard towards it. You obviously have to put in the work um, and just have that real positive attitude towards it. That you you can make it happen, absolutely
2: and you have made it happen for sure Uh, regrets in life we all have regrets you understand this Kayleigh and uh, uh, (laughs) you don't want to leave the world with Annie I saw you talking about was it your parents or grandparents who haven't been you were in Rome and they hadn't been there and you thought isn't it sad but you know we all have regrets but you don't let them meet you up you know what I'm saying
5: Oh, no, you you can't. I, I think regrets is one of those things, though, right? Like, so say for that, that type of one, that's, like, something that you can try to make happen for yourself is going away, traveling and whatnot. But, again, at the same time, I think if it's, like, lessons or mistakes, for example, I wouldn't really see it as a regret. I see it as a learning experience. But you have to learn from it, right? You have to be able to take some form of positivity from it and learn and move on from it. Um.
2: You have come such a long way and you're a very young woman still and the world is your oyster. Where does this go? Where is uh, Kaylee Cashel's ultimate destination?
5: Uh, It's never-ending. And I think that's the fun thing about this job and what keeps me in it is that it's always changing. There's always new trends. There's always new things coming up. But I'd love to make Cash Beauty obviously the biggest that it could possibly be. I'd love it to be like you know, a name that everyone recognizes and knows, but not just for me as itself, as a standalone brand by itself, that people can trust it with its products. They know that it's going to be amazing just from trying one product. they want to try more like that. That's my biggest goal. And have it accessible to everybody all around the world.
2: Before you leave us today, what would you say in terms of uh, makeup that you just must have or must do? Come on, let's have some of the great advice that stood you in great stead.
5: Um. Oh God, I'm like one one piece of advice. Um. You know, maybe not even just in makeup, but in life, I think you just got to go and do it. And the same with your makeup. If there's a certain makeup you want to wear or you don't want to wear, people telling you to do this, that, and the other. It's um, just do whatever you prefer and what makes you feel happy. Don't listen to anybody else. It's your face and it's your life, so do with it what you will.
2: You're great, may I say. You really are. I have uh, enjoyed so much our conversation. And I want to tell people to check you out on Cash Beauty and, and across social media. You're there all over the place, aren't you? Four million.
5: I know, exactly, yeah. And we actually, we've just launched into Booth Ireland, which is incredible, 30 stores um, across the country. And for you guys, I know this is loud and neat, so we're going to be in uh, Navin Shopping Centre in Mead and then also in the Marshall Shopping Centre in
2: Dundalk. Fantastic. Continued success to you. You can go anywhere, young woman. Thank you so much for your time and joining me today, Kayleigh.
5: Thanks so much for having me. Bye. Take
2: care. Bye. This is a suggestion for the woman with the white top with the bird stain. Poo, Sainsbury's, and a product called Shout, recommended by a listener. Well worth a try. That's Sainsbury's, and a product called Shout. Well worth a try, perhaps, to get that stain out of the white top. The stain on the white garment. Mary was on to say. Uh, She'd wash it in a washing machine, uh, uh, take it outdoors and then hang it on the line overnight and for the next two days where she thinks uh, whatever is out there night and day will work its magic on the stain. Thanks indeed for your message, Mary. Let's give this a rattle now on Late Lunch.
1: Five, four, three,
2: two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... This very week in 1979 and the number three. It was a project by English musician Robin Scott... An interesting project indeed because it took a little bit of time to find its way to the final production of the song, but it did indeed. And it actually went to number two in the UK charts uh, in 1979, but today it is our number three. It didn't get to number one because of a song called Bright Eyes by a Mr. Art Garfunkel, who was in top spot for six long weeks. And indeed this song was remixed there uh, more recently in nineteen eighty-nine, where it reached number fifteen on the UK singles chart. It's a bit different. It's our number three from this week in nineteen seventy-nine. Here's M with pop music. Music from M, number three in our top five countdown from this week in 1979. And of course, we have two and number one lined up for you over the next couple of days round about this time. Have you ever seen a barn owl? I have. I've been lucky enough to see them on several occasions. They're absolutely majestic creatures. They're shy and they're under real threat right across Ireland, but especially in County Mead. But there's a big drive now to improve the situation on the ground. And we're talking about it next. Barn owls are beautiful but they're under threat right across the country but especially here in our neck of the woods and there's a wonderful new initiative taking place in County Mead we're going to hear about. Now I'm going to uh, welcome to the show, spoke to him in the past on a number of occasions, he's the raptor conservation officer with Birdwatch Ireland, John Lusby. Hi again John.
1: Hi, how are you doing? Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on.
2: Not at all. Um, Put it in perspective, you know, the population of barn owls in County Mead, the decline, how many pairs do you think there are?
1: Yeah, so not that many, unfortunately, and uh, we I, I would be able to give you uh, a, a, an accurate trigger, but hopefully in a couple of months' time I will because we're just uh, setting out some quite an exciting survey. So we hope to to basically answer that question to find out how barn are doing in the county and um, how many pairs they are and, and and where they are, and and that's going to be really important information to help us to understand you know h- how the population is faring, but also as well you know what what help they might need in terms of you know conservation measures. So, but but I suppose you know to to, to put it in perspective, yeah, like owls, they are what we call a, a red listed bird of conservation concern, which means that um they are birds that essentially we, we, we categorize all all bird species and a traffic light system, red amber green with red being those that are most endangered that we're most worried about and unfortunately uh, but Barnold sits on that list, so they are species that have declined you know quite significantly there used to be a lot more owls around the countryside you know if we go back a few a, a few decades ago but um but 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 sadly not the case not the case anymore and I think that they have been very very thin on the ground, particularly you know in the northeast, and particularly say you know in, in, in County Meath, you know we very few, very very few known nest sites in the county. But hopefully that will change over the coming months. And we're essentially you know just just now launching a survey, and we'll be very busy in the county over the over the rest of the summer looking for searching for nest sites, trying to confirm where where, where barn owls are nesting. So it's going to be very exciting to see to, to see the results of that survey and, uh, and 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 how we get on.
2: So to summarise the really in danger uh, they're very thin on the ground. you know there are some but as you said this survey now will paint the picture more accurately. Why did it climb? Is it the uh, loss of nesting sites? Is it to do with uh, the supply of food that they prey upon?
1: Yeah, exactly, and as you did you, you hit the nail on the head there with the with the latter point. It's um, it's more so the the lack of prey. And when we think of, I suppose, you know, thinking of barn owls, it's very much a bird of farmland, and exactly like its name says, you know, the barn owl, like it does nest, you know, in and around farm buildings, and so that has been a part of the the problem, but but not, not not the major part in terms of you know the loss of you know kind of old suitable rune structures where barn owls nest. That, that 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 can affect them, but it's it hasn't been. The main the main factor that has caused the declines. What's really kind of hit them hard is the general you know changes to agriculture. Like if we go back you know kind of you know to the, you know a, a few decades ago, like things are very different. You know the landscape was farmed very differently, and you know that there, there was you know it, it wasn't as intensive. And as things have intensified, there's less opportunities. You know there's less prey for for species like barn and that's obviously had an effect on them. And uh, as well as that, if we think about you know and um, if we go back, and probably one of the reasons that um, you know barn are so so well known and so well loved is because you know they were seen as hugely beneficial to have you know um, on the farm or have, have, have nesting in in an area because of the role that they play in terms of you know controlling rats and mice. That that's what they that they they feed on to a large extent. But um, ironically, you know, as ra- rat poisons rodenticides were developed, um, and and they have become the main you know means now of controlling rats and mice. That can have a you know really negative impact on barn owls, and barn owls can actually suffer from poisoning from the the the, the rodenticide. And that's been a serious problem for barn owls as well. So, so it's a combination of those factors. And I suppose, you know, if you think, as I mentioned, you think barn owls they're a bird of farmland, and we've seen many other, you know, over the same time period, we've seen many other farmland birds, you know, suffer similar declines. The likes of, you know, curlew, corn crake, yellowhammer, you know. So, so, so barn owls unfortunately aren't alone, but they are definitely one that has suffered because of land use changes and and, and intensification of agriculture.
2: So you want to establish uh, how many there are and where they are. And then from there, you'll move on to the next phase of tackling because there are underlying issues with farming. And again, of course, the nesting sites is a side issue as well to be dealt with. But with all this in mind, this Friday at Dunsany Hall, what's happening? Tell our listeners.
1: So Dunsany Hall, Dunsany, Dunsany, as I'm sure you're aware, is a fantastic site and and, and undergoing a, a rewilding project there. So you know, ideal for barn owls, and there's actually some barn owl nest boxes already already in place um, at Dunsany Castle. So so we're we're holding an event. So with the the, the Meath branch of Birdwatch Ireland, who are integral to this survey, and also to say it's supported by Mead County Council and the, the local Biodiversity Action Plan Fund. And so to kick off the the survey, because it's right at the start of it now, we we want to make people aware of it and also get get people's help. To you know, to help us, you know, if if people have information to report information on barn So 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 to celebrate the survey and to kick it off, we're we're having an event um, uh, uh, at Dunsany Castle on Friday evening um, to basically talk all about barn owls, talk about what we hope to do through the survey and um, and, and 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 to celebrate to, to celebrate barn and to, and and also to have a, a walk around the, the the around the grounds of of, of Dunsany Castle. So so that's the plan for for this for this Friday, which is also an event for Biodiversity Week, which mm. is which is this week.
2: So it's open to all All welcome to go to The Stainey Hall This Friday evening What time do you start at?
1: It starts at 7 o'clock And Brian. you can register for It's free for everybody To come And you can register For the event on the If, if you go into The, the Mead Birdwatch Ireland Website There's a link And you can register For free for the event And yeah It would be if people If people come along
2: I wish you well, it. I hope it goes well. I love the boards. I've had the pleasure of seeing them from time to time in my life. And please, God, this is the step forward to uh, preserving them in County Me and beyond. Thank you, John.
1: Thank you very much, yeah, and I'd love to come back on and hopefully some, some positive news at the end of the survey to, to report on. But thanks,
2: You'd thanks be most welcome, John. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's John Lusby there, who is uh, the Raptor Conservation Officer with Birdwatch Ireland. Dunsany Hall, this Friday, 7 o'clock. Everybody, welcome. That's it for today. Eddie Caffrey's on his way with The Drive. See you tomorrow, 1.30. Ed Sheeran closing the show with eyes closed. See you Thursday. <laughs>
1: No, it's a bad idea. But how can I help myself? Been inside for most this year. And I thought a few drinks they might help. It's been a while, my dear.